Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your bit-free podcast where we rank every X-Men story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach, and I am not a funny man with funny jokes. No, uh, I am not either. I am not also covered with decaying flesh, uh, nor do I have... Oh, that, no, that (laughs) part I do have. I do have the decaying flesh. Um, nor do we have two feature films under our belt, but, uh, here we are. Again, again, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Adam, speak for yourself on some of these things. <laughs> We're talking about Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh... If you guys, if you guys heard the aborted bit we did when we tried to intro this in like a Deadpool fashion, and we failed so spectacularly that we both looked at each other and said, no, we gotta restart the episode. <laughs> Then you would understand why we consider ourselves not funny, as often Deadpool is. Oof, but true. Uh, we are not mercs with mouths. Um, but folks, gotta say, after uh, reading some Deadpool this week, I am always just uh, baffled by Deadpool's larger popularity. Like, are you? I, well, look. I mean, vigilante with gun, costume vigilante with gun, always seems to have like real arm you know reach across our our wonderful uh decaying nation of america but there's such awful awful deadpool stories out there and like there's a (laughs) lot of them (laughs) okay so here's here's the thing that i think people misunderstand yes deadpool was created in the 90s and yes he was a fairly successful character on that front he had two miniseries Mm mm-hmm uh, earlier on like that's not not successful and and there's going to be people who are going to say actually deadpool didn't become deadpool until joe kelly wrote him and folks you're just trying not to give the rob credit here and i understand that impulse but deadpool is kind of deadpool from page one well like, you say that but i mean if you look at the actual number of pages the rob actually drew deadpool on I, i'm still no. going to give it to joe kelly for the most part i'm not i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to fabian Nicieza. there um, we go let's split the difference it, <laughs> by, by the time circle chase comes around yeah deadpool's deadpool that's true <laughs> I mean, he is he is deadpool like i we're, we're gonna talk about an early deadpool story in this and guess what he's deadpool in it yeah it's, it's odd it's 100 deadpool but what people don't remember is that deadpool was a mildly successful book at marvel not crazy, but it was the late 90s, so anything that was having decent sales, they were keeping going for as long as they could. They canceled the book around the relaunch of all the X-Men stuff in 2001. I forget if he got relaunched in 2000 when they did kind of the revolutionary revolutions thing or what, because it got relaunched as Soldier X, mm-hmm. which is not Deadpool. It was his supporting cast. I've not read it. It's Gail Simone, and I have mixed feelings about her work in general, uh, so I've not gone to it. Um but then that book was bad and got canceled and they got they did a power man with it and combined it with cable and deadpool and that was mildly popular and kept going for a while and then turned into just a deadpool solo book and then they gave daniel way a deadpool solo book and this is at the time when the internet was starting to share images and mass in places like scans daily would be like look at this funny deadpool thing and then deadpool became a meme i think and, that's where it is right it's got to be that memification cuz 
it's very easy to share a Deadpool joke. <laughs> Even if it's not funny at all. I don't know. Oh, people share not funny Deadpool <laughs> jokes constantly. <laughs> Have you ever been to a comic convention? You know what? Actually, there there has been a dearth of Deadpool uh, cosplayers, I feel. And that's probably for all of our benefit. Mm, probably. So we're going to go backwards in time, right? And start with something... Uh... A little bit more recent from Deadpool Volume Five. How how did we get this request? Who who cursed oh, us with Deadpool this week? We got this request from Patreon.com/slash/ComicsXF, and I don't like the characterization as a curse because some <laughs> of these are a gift. It's a beautiful gift that we get from our listeners in the form of cash money that we say, "Hey, thank you for supporting the website ComicsXF, which gives you some high class comics journalism." and all that stuff and you can go from there and extrapolate that into us doing a thing for patreon supporter zbl if you want to be like zbl you can go over to patreon.com throw a couple of coins in our coffers you get early episodes you get a request some of us have been bad about figuring out the patreon after life got really busy during a move <laughs> and then we haven't really retooled it the way that it should reasonably be and we feel a lot of guilt and shame about that but also don't have the time to fix it it's a whole thing that I'll, some of us unnamed are dealing with <laughs> if you guys have any suggestions for patreon tiers you want to see maybe just like dm us or shoot Ooh. us an email Contact at comicsxf.com. Love to hear your feedback here, guys. Would love to hear your feedback. But ZBL doesn't have any feedback except for saying, folks, want to talk about Deadpool. He is an X-Men character. Now, Adam, do you think Deadpool's an X-Men character? He's X-Men adjacent, but it's kind of hard to say he's not, given, like, right now he's co-starring in Wolverine um, currently. So, I mean, he pops up enough. He's a Cable character. He's an X-Force character. He might as well be an X-Men character. I kind of... People have tried to argue that he's not... I kind of... And I've made this argument, too. Like, I think there's part of him that is... It'd be like saying Black Panther is a Fantastic Four character, which he's not. Right. Like, but he is so closely tied to the Fantastic Four over time that, you know, you could see the argument for it. Well... And I think Deadpool is even closer tied to the x-men because he just is he is but he also has his own ecosystem that can exist completely outside of the rest of the x-men which some of the x-men really can't you know like there's a reason that he has had multiple volumes of solo series and it's partly because he has his own supporting cast that that still allows him to be his own thing so uh, what we're going to do, I guess, we're going to start with something more recent. Uh, and this is from not the last volume of Deadpool, because there are many, but this is from Deadpool volume five. Uh, this is Adam, Adam, Adam. Ooh. I just want to I just want to ask. I just want to ask what volume do you think Deadpool is on? Like the latest volume of Deadpool? Oof. Well, there was a Kelly Thompson one, right? There was a Kelly Thompson one. How about, uh, let's say nine. This was volume, Kelly Thompson's Deadpool was volume eight. Okay. All right. Yeah. Volume, volume seven was the Scotty Young Deadpool. Volume six was Jerry Duggan. And volume five is also Jerry Duggan. And that's where we're (laughs) going to be today. Uh, It's, 
Does Jerry count? Jerry's been on the podcast and has definitely been on the podcast on an episode that no one, including ourselves, is able to hear. That is correct. Uh, so I'm going to call. I'm going to call Jerry a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, not friend of the show, but could be Brian Pesane also on this one. Uh, and then friend of the show, Declan Shalvey, uh, does the art on this one. And boy, uh, I know Deck had been an artist at Marvel for some time, but. He goes from this right into Moon Knight, and that's when he becomes, like, a superstar artist, Mm -hmm. which is really cool to see. Um, It's Deadpool 15 through 19. It's titled The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah, and in case uh, fans, listeners think that we've completely lost our minds, each of these will feature prominent X-Men characters in them other than Deadpool. This one... Centers it's around. Deadpool. It's an X-Men character plus another X-Men character, Deadpool. <laughs> so, but for people who don't think Deadpool is X-Men, uh, this this one features Deadpool, uh, Captain America, and Wolverine. And yeah, Captain America, famous X-Men character from Weapon Plus. <laughs> well, that all ties together right here because our villain uh, in this is the Butler. Um, who kind of has like a, you know, a Batman animated series, Mr. Freeze thing going on where he has a dying sister who he wants to help cure her of her cancer and really feels that the best way to go about that is to set up North Korean death camps where he's experimenting on prisoners and turning them into mutated Deadpool versions of the original giant size X-Men. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's about right. So this had been kind of building up in Duggan and Pesane's Deadpool, which I think Duggan is probably the best Deadpool writer. Like, he does a very sustained run that has a lot of really cool parts to it. Like, guys, if you're if you're an X-Men fan, go check out. Go check out. If you like Duggan's stuff, go check this out. There's, there's going to be some sour notes in there because it's a Deadpool comic. And listen... There's going to be some jokes that aren't, like, don't land super well. None in this one, honestly. Like, I I feel like this one balances things out. I'm just, I'm just assuming. Well, let's talk about why this works. And that's, and we've got, I've gone on the record uh, with Duggan before about loving the Uncanny Avengers version of Deadpool that gets added to that roster. My favorite time when you get Deadpool involved in any story is when he is a nuisance, You know, he is just added to a story with existing characters. And what's fun about this one is that he gets this team up with Cap and Wolverine. And even though he is still the main character, he is basically just being a nuisance to these other two uh, beloved characters. And it's very and or vice versa, where Cap and Wolverine kind of are nuisances to Deadpool. And that's what makes this work. Well, I think it... It works for two ways. One, Deadpool is a grounding influence in what is legitimately a dark story that isn't like a, it's dark if you think about it for five minutes. No, like it's played straight as this is a horrific thing and one of the worst things that could happen. This is a concentration camp in North Korea where they are doing experiments on Deadpool and all these North Koreans and it's horrifying. And also, Deadpool has to come to terms with, one, he knew something was up, 
tried to get help and no one wanted to help him. So he has to live with the fact that he already knows everyone hates him. Right. <laughs> he then learns that all of this torment is coming because of his body. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling a lot of guilt about that. And then to top this off, there is the fact that Butler has Deadpool's daughter and a former lover in this camp. Well, that's a reveal. Um, that's not something right. that he was aware of, but it, it turns out that when he, when he gets there, it makes the situation much worse for him. Absolutely. You know, the, the stakes go from yikes. This is really creepy to wow. This just got even more personal. Um, I mean, but it's about as personal as you can get given that the, you know, the experiments all result revolve around the fact that this guy has been periodically knocking Deadpool out and stealing his internal organs. That's the part that you were talking about leading up to this story. Right. Um, but the actual battle that takes place here and, and the story, especially as illustrated by Declan, I mean, it's pretty freaking great stuff, right? It's so good. That's the thing. The book knows when to throw some levity into things, but it also knows when to get out of the way and be like, this is still an action comic about Wolverine, Captain America, and Deadpool liberating a concentration camp. So we're gonna we're going to let the action like go. And because we absolutely hate what has happened here, we feel such like it's it's the Punisher thing. Like people talk about why do people like the Punisher? Well, because the Punisher stories work like this. The first first part of a Punisher story is look at these bad people. They are horrible. And the second part of the Punisher story is, and look at this guy who kills them. That's what this is. And it works really well here because the action hits because you already have that emotion built up. Like these aren't generic. They're generic bad guys, but there's enough to it that you're like, okay, I want to see them lose really bad. Yeah. And uh, we even get Cap sort of flashing back to uh, World War II and uh the, the you know auschwitz and the, the german concentration camps he gets this little flashback with bucky this stuff is all sort of intertwined in each one of these characters histories and uh it, it works you know like the the smart part of the writing is that you have this team of deadpool giant size x-men characters right that are all these um prisoners whose families are being held hostage so that they can be medical experiments and uh they wisely really concentrate on mainly one of those uh prisoners who is the north korean version of nightcrawler what a yeah, smart Kim. decision right like you immediately it's empathize so with him and so when you follow them out on their adventures you kind of feel like oh okay gosh, like not only are these guys being taken advantage of, but I, I feel like I know this character a little bit, even though I, I technically don't. Um, and you get these just great moments of the characters making decisions about blowing things up. Or I love the part at the very end where, you know, Deadpool is face to face with Butler. Wolverine is running around um, putting bombs on everything. And they're Captain He's America is like, things. I, I'm going to go distract them for a couple minutes and hold them off. And they're like, you're going to hold off the North Korean military. And when they finally get to flashing to outside, he's just standing there. And the North Korean army is like, is it, 
is it really him? What should we do? And they realize that if they attack Captain America, there's a big chance they're going to start a world war. It's just such an amazing reveal. Uh, well, because it also has that... Yeah, I mean, like, the army in North Korea, it's, North Korea's not a good place. There, There's a lot of conscripted fighters. Yeah. Uh, it's... Like, they're saying, they're like, I would... If no one else is going to die fighting Captain America, I'm not going to be the one to start this. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very good. You get, you get a big moment of... You get... You get to know Deadpool, and, like... There's there's always the thing about oh he's a tragic clown figure and sometimes that works and sometimes that really doesn't. In this case, you truly feel the pain on that because this is pain that's not just connected to Deadpool, but they smartly bring in characters that you actively enjoy and like and everyone likes, like Captain America from all of your favorite movies and Wolverine from being Wolverine, and he it ties their trauma to Deadpool's, which was already. In the books. So you're already, you're already like, yes, I hate the Weapon X program. So I'm going to hate that this thing happened to Deadpool. And then you get Deadpool, like, accepting a lot of, like, his flaws and accepting a lot of, hey, these people screwed me up. I still have to live with my choices that I made. But I can, I can uh, get revenge and make myself feel good about taking out this bad guy. And it's... This is a this is a story that really really works for me. Yeah, I think it's really solid. Um, I think if there was maybe another artist on it, I may not have appreciated it as much. But the Shalvi art really does dial it up an extra couple of notches. I think um, because the the artwork is spectacular. You know uh, the way he draws Wolverine, as as we've seen again uh, with his X Men Unlimited stuff, is fantastic. He does a really good cap. Uh, and kind of gets the the serious um, you know nature of what Cap does and, and how seriously he takes the job, and I like the way he draws Deadpool. You know, he, he kind of has this angular look to all of his lines that that really just works for me. Um, so I think this is a good one. Uh, Want to try and rank it on our big old list? See, that's the thing. We are ranking every X Men story from best to worst. Uh, the number one story is the House of X: Powers of Ten. Uh, the hundredth best story is Uncanny X Men three fourteen Early Frost. Uh, the two hundredth best story is X Men First Class number eleven, The Continuities. Great one. Uh, number three hundred is The Trial of Hank McCoy from Uncanny X Men six hundred. Number four hundred on this big old list is Mystery and Madripoor from The Hunt for Wolverine. Number five hundred is Alpha Flight one hundred six. Uh, that's a very well-meaning comic that is important and also insane. Uh, <laughs> there's X-Men Liberators at number 600. And then at the bottom of the list is the Draco, which is a bad one. Um, Adam, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this list. Yeah. Um, at 250, we have Dead Man Logan. This is better than Dead Man Logan. I think so, too. Um, so I'm... I'm looking in the 200s because I don't I don't know if this hits above 200 for me, but I I see you working your way up. So where are you it going? It hits above 200 for me, like okay. legitimately. 
Yeah. I think this is a very good story that works for me in a lot of ways. Like I'm lo- I'm looking at I'm looking at some things. Uh I think this is better than End of Grays at 133. Oh, okay. I don't know if I would go that. Actually, way. hold on, hold on. I'm working I don't I don't know if I would go It's not better it's not better than the Time Captain America through the Red Skull into a hole. Yeah, but even like I'm That's at 136. I'm looking down the list and I I don't know. I I think I, I would, would say this is Oh, I'll let you say what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like you just highlighted 148, which is uh, the first arc of all new Wolverine. That's definitely better than this. Um, See, I think it's just as good as this. Like, I think those are very comparable stories. I, I think I think this works better than like Gambit in the Externals at 152. Okay. Yeah, I could be convinced of that. I mean, I do think we're in the right part of the list. I just, you know, just keeping the fact that it's a uh, like. All right, 164 is Assault on Weapon Plus. Oddly comparable. The, the, like, I know you love that arc. Is this better than that? I would honestly say it is better than that. Okay. Uh, okay. This has this has tighter stakes than Assault on Weapon Plus, which is a fun story, great art, great ideas, but maybe too high concept for its own good, where, like, the world may be just too conceptual uh of an idea versus this where it's a very grounded kind of idea i will give it to you i mean this story is very tight i think it's it's one of the better uses of the character and it has a lot of x-men stuff in it you know especially with the north (laughs) korean x-men so it's not like it's totally we do do rank things very heavily on does it have our friends the x-men in it (laughs) well you know because we do love them (laughs) uh so all right how about this you said it was better than Gambit in the externals. I think I would definitely draw a line um, at Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix at 151, just in terms of continuity, you know, and, and story importance. Um, so this could be our new 152. This can be our new 152. It's Deadpool, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Folks, give it a shot. Yeah. Honestly, I really like this. Like, I was skip, so surprised. I, I know you had told me part. multiple times, go read this story, and I'm glad I had it. It's the good to. one. Yeah. Listen, I think I think there's some ups and downs with Dugan's uh, Deadpool run. I think up until this point, him and Pasein don't really have a great hook for it. Uh, I think after this point, it starts firing in all cylinders pretty consistently for a while. Nice. Uh, and yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, next on our list is what I would argue is one of the men most important in Deadpool's memification and being online and also possibly the most hated Deadpool writer to exist. <laughs> Uh, this is Dead, actually. Deadpool I'm, I'm saying 4. that now. People don't know Daniel Way exists compared to Rob Liefeld. I bet a lot of people hate Rob more. I don't know. But not for Deadpool reasons. I have no uh, opinions about the writer Daniel Way either way. But uh, I can say, without a doubt, this is not as strong a story. Um, this is Deadpool 14. Well, through 18, th- volume four, 15 to 18. And this is basically want you to want me. Yeah. This is that time that the uh, Deadpool tried to get on the X-Men while they were in Utopia. 
which is separate from the time that Deadpool tried to get on the X-Men every other time. <laughs> it's happened multiple times. But uh, is this the, the reveal of his um, Deadpool's X-Men designed X-Men uniform that they made an action the, figure out of? The one that they consistently use for action figures, yes, because the last time he tried to join the X-Men in uh, Cable and X in Deadpool, he wore the Marvel Girl costume, which was... right suboptimal this isn't the this isn't like the blue in like the one where it's like hey this is deadpool's costume but in x-men colors that they break out i have no idea what that's from i don't know that that uh, is from something else but um so yeah this isn't okay what one thing we forgot to mention when we were just talking about the previous story is that there i can't believe we didn't mention this deadpool talks to himself in good, the bad, and the ugly. But the reason he's talking to himself is because the, like, personality or, like, actual manifestation, soul, I don't know what the, the actually is. The S.H.I.E.L.D. agent's, the, a wizard put the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent's soul into Deadpool uh, while her body died, and then she eventually gets an LMD body. It's right. great. Preston's awesome. So She raises Deadpool's kid. Yeah. So you have this really interesting dialogue back and forth of Deadpool talking to a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, this Preston character. So when I started reading this, which obviously comes before the other one, and he's talking to himself, I thought to myself, okay, does Deadpool do this in different fashions all the time? And is he like Legion? Like, what is going on here? In Daniel Way's X-Force, he or in Daniel Way's Deadpool, oh my gosh, Daniel Way's X-Force sounds really bad. Ugh. Daniel Way's Deadpool, yes, he talks to himself. Now, in the Duggan and Pasein uh, Deadpool, they have, you know, Preston do that as a nod to this being a Deadpool thing, but also them saying this is kind of dumb. Let's give Deadpool someone to actually talk to instead of just a monologue. But they also... They also retcon all of this uh, to say that the other one of the other sets of speech balloons in this is not actually Deadpool. It only thinks it's Deadpool. It's actually the uh, it's actually the uh, Marvel character slapstick. Oh, get out! Annual three or is it biannual? Madcap. It's Madcap, not slapstick. Oh, okay. They are very similar. Madcap. Madcap is not a Steve Lieber. I forgot. Madcap is a Grooney. Yes, that is Mark Grunewald's creation. Yeah, it's it's Madcap, uh, the Mark Grunewald creation. Uh, anyway, he was Deadpool's yellow uh, speech bubbles for a while. Okay. Hey. I forget what he was trying to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the basic plot of this is that um, Deadpool wants to be on the X-Men. And... Um, the way in which this uh, goes, the way he goes about doing it is that he is going to assassinate Mercury's father, who is trying to do some kind of like public campaign to get her back, saying that she's being held against her will on Utopia. And Mercury is basically like, this guy's a deadbeat dad. I don't want anything to do with him. And. You know, the question then is, is Deadpool going to kill this guy when this really could just be handled diplomatically? Yeah, so what happens, and this is this is by Daniel Way and Paco Medina. This is right after Utopia. This is in the Dark Reign still. You remember when Norman Osborn became 
uh, the head of the government, <laughs> right. or the head of head of Shield, and eliminated Shield and made Hammer, and then they were like, "What's the acronym stand for?" And he said, "We're still coming up with it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, turns out Mercury's dad is working for Norman Osborn, or is he on his payroll? Uh, owes Norman a debt, and he's doing all this stuff. And every all the X Men are afraid that Deadpool is going to kill Mercury's dad because Deadpool says he's going to kill Mercury's dad. And Deadpool just wants to belong on the X-Men, who he thinks are the closest thing he has to a family. Which is a weird choice, because up until this point, Deadpool has not exactly been very close to the X-Men. No. Right? Like, Spider-Man is closer to the X-Men than Deadpool. <laughs> and Deadpool is point. probably closer to Spider-Man than he is to the X-Men. Deadpool is probably closer to Spider-Man. <laughs> which I think is the arc right after this is Deadpool yes. trying to be Spider-Man's friend. Yeah. Um, and how Deadpool goes about doing this is he is pretending to be an assa- assassinate uh, Mercury's dad, but actually he's letting he's being cover for the X Men to look good to stop an assassination that Norman Osborn is doing. It's a very convoluted plot. Yeah, nobody and, nobody knows that though. So they're all just kind of working against each other. Uh, until we finally get to the end where they, the X-Men get a public opportunity to, you know, I guess zap and or shoot Deadpool on live TV and be like, yay, he's not one of us. And yet Deadpool gets to feel good because he helped them out. And there's a lot of dumb filler stuff in the middle with Domino and, um, you know, falling onto a pile of pancakes. And I guess these are jokes. I'm shrugging. Daniel Way Way writes, This comic came out in 2009, and folks, if you remember what internet culture was like in 2009, you'll understand why this spread across internet culture. If you you like good humor (laughs) and things that are funny, you're not going to enjoy this. The jokes don't land. No, they really don't. And, uh, I, you know, I'll give credit to Paco Medina. I think the art is fine. You know, he's doing a nice job. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't land for me, but, you know, he's clearly a very talented person. Um, Medina's but, talented. He's he's consistently too cheesecakey for me. Well, I was going to mention that. There's there's a lot of what feels like fan service like domino stuff in this that is uncomfortable. Um, that's and that's just what Paco Medina does. That's like, hey, you know, it's like for the readers like, of Deadpool. Like, I understand why they're putting this stuff in, given who the readership probably is. It's still not like it's it's weird. Like, I, you know, I, I want them it's, to. It's it's very 2009, <laughs> and it is something that a lot of comics have moved away from in the years since. Like. There is sexualized art, but it tends not to be as cheesecakey, male gazy as it was back then. Yeah, I just, I mean, it doesn't seem to have much of a place story-wise here, um, and or uh, the the place is boobies. I, I, guess. I don't, I don't know how to explain that to you, Adam. The place <laughs> is a wooga. <laughs> All that's right. what they are there for. That's that's guys. This was comics in two thousand nine. Yeah, folks, I hate to tell you, this is just what it was. And we are we are given this artifact and we must approach it as they intend it to. And they intend us to approach this by going hubba hubba. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're absolutely right. 
Uh, but that doesn't mean that I have to like it. And uh, oh, I I'm just, not saying I like it. No, I'm I know just, you I'm don't. Just... I'm just saying, like as a as a story arc, this is not strong, um, and I don't like it very much. You know, like it. Even as I know, I've said before that I appreciate this character best when he is like a nuisance, but you still have to have like some some of the humor land. And I just feel like none of it does here. And he needs to be a nuisance that you enjoy reading. Like he's still the protagonist of the book. Right. Yeah. And, if, and I don't enjoy reading him here. Yeah. If his antics are dumb and you really don't understand what his motivation is or what his journey is, like it's it's just not good. Um, so that's about as much as I have to say about it. Um, this is definitely not as good as uh, where we were before. I would go much lower on the no. list. 427 is Daka and Dark Wolverine 13 through 15, Moonwalking, which is that Moon Knight uh, crossover yeah. where, where Dokken does a drug. Yep. Um, that one's better than this. Yeah, uh, so is New Mutant Summer Special at 433. Uh, Again, we all, know, we all know it was early. I've changed. <laughs> uh, I think the first appearance of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is better at 449. Yeah, that's probably true. Is this better or worse than Deadpool Bad Blood? A story that I liked more than you. Honestly, I think that's better. I mean, I don't like yeah. I don't like Bad Blood very much, but it it still I feel like it still gets the character better than this. Um you, I know. So, working our way down. Um, Fall down, go boom from Chuck Austin X Men at 483 is better. That's the one that where is... North Star saves a little homophobic kid. Yep. And by saves, I mean the kid does die. <laughs> does kind of North Star really fails at saving this little homophobe. He tries. He really tries. Um... <laughs> he tries so hard to <laughs> save him. It doesn't work. I think the Daddy Boros issue of X Factor at 497 is is at least theoretically more interesting than this in terms of what it's trying to do. I think this is on par with right around the 500s, though, because you have at 502 right now uh, the Secret Invasion arc of X Factor with the with the unfortunate art. Yep. Um, yep, yep. From Larry Stroman, mm-hmm. uh, and you have Betrayal in the Bermuda Triangle, the last appearance of Lee Forrester at 503. Uh, second coming X Men, Second Coming Revelations, Hellbound, like all of these are on the same level. Yeah. Um... I gotta say, I think I would probably still read Age of Apocalypse X Men before I reread this, and that's at five oh seven. Man, it's an it's embarrassing when Nate Gray gets you. <laughs> when Nate Gray's getting you. Hey, side note: this is kind of an X Men alert, but I don't think it beep, is. Beep, 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 we can cut that out if it's not an actual X-Men update. Well, I I don't know for sure, but today I saw the new X-Men 2099 uh, designs. Have you seen them? I have, Adam. And I know what you're about to say. And I, I'm so glad that's where your mind went, because <laughs> I also have a picture of Nate Gray on my wall. Tell me when you saw that, you weren't like, that's Nate Gray. No, I absolutely didn't. Do you know why, Adam? Why? Because it's in the future, and there's a guy that looks like Nate Gray, who's from the future, <laughs> and his name's Cable, and he's more popular. Wouldn't it be great, though, if instead of it being Kid Cable, like we had Kid Cable, but now we have Kid Nate Gray? <laughs> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Friend of the show, Steve Orlando. 
would absolutely pull that stuff. Right? I've been read <laughs> I've been reading some Steve Orlando comics. Um they're uneven, I think. Uh Martian Manhunter's pretty interesting. Uh great art. But Steve Orlando loves a weird pull. Yes. Steve Orlando loves to stump readers on like, where do you know this guy from? <laughs> and that's I believe Steve Orlando would do that. I don't think Steve Orlando is doing that because, again, there's already a time travel boy who looks exactly like Nate Gray. Mm. Well, we'll find out. Uh, I guess the character profile just said Gold Blade, which immediately... I think that was in reference to the Gold Blade that he had. I think so, but then that also made me wonder, like, why isn't there an X-Men 2999 version of Gold Balls, but instead of balls, he shoots out blades that are made of gold? Because traditionally, the X Men twenty ninety nine were not unlike, unlike most twenty ninety nine characters were not XPs of the uh, standard care universe characters. They were new characters inspired by the spirit of the X Men. In fact, this is the first time where there are X Men twenty ninety nine that are like, and we're going to be named after the X Men of twenty ninety nine, except for except for that arc in uh, I think it's like issue eight or nine. Uh, it's early in John Francis Moore's X-Men 2099 arc where Master Zhao uh, has his own X-Men that he makes. I think he calls them Y-Men, but I'm not 100% on that. It's been a while. Anyway, there are 2099 versions of the 05. Nice. Man, we've never talked about X-Men 2099 on this show. No one Patreon.com has... slash ComicsXF. Somebody, please. <laughs> we will do. I would. Is X-Men 2099 good? No. Is X-Men 2099 something I want to talk about consistently? Yes, because I think it's <laughs> filled with great ideas. That I think you could read X-Men 2099 and understand what the thought process of what X-Men could be, how that happened, and that people were thinking about some of the concepts that Morrison and Fraction and Hickman and anyone who's tried to further the idea of X-Men – you can see that, no, they, these were conversations that were being had years and years before, uh, but just in the side books because no one expected you would actually be able to do this. I say all that to say, please, we'll, we should do an X-Men 2099 <laughs> episode. Dang it. Wait. What episode? Folks, there's still time. There's still time to make X. Oh, wait. No. Episode two. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to. I'm just going to pencil. I'm just going to pencil in right here, Adam, that episode uh, 299 is going to be about <laughs> X-Men 2099. Uh, Planning into next hey, year. Hey, Robert. Robert, I know you're listening to this. If you want to use one of yours to be like, hey, guys, talk about X-Men 2099 <laughs> in like a year, that would be great. That would be great. You're currently on the schedule for that. So I'm just going to pencil that in right here. Oh, man. Sorry I took us on that tangent, folks. I think this should be our new 508. Uh, I'll always opt for something ahead of an exile story at 508 we have exiles 8 to 10 yeah that's the arena thing this is probably better than that and right below that is x-men the search for cyclops which i was going to say is pretty yeah, that's bad. my hard floor yep uh deadpool i want you to want me not as good as the cheap trick song uh no no um you ever think about how have you ever heard the uh this is completely unrelated. Adam, have you ever heard the studio recording version of I Want You to Want Me? I've, well, the one they always play is the from Budokan. The, the li yeah, live at Budokan. Yeah. yeah, if you ever hear the studio version of that song, it lacks all of the energy and all of the excitement, and it feels wrong to listen to. Huh. There are so few songs like that. Well, and folks, for my money, and I do like Cheap Trick, I will always go for the Letters to Cleo version. Thank you very much. 
I think you just need to surrender to the popular opinion. <laughs> I think I have. Uh, so, folks, we got one last Deadpool here. This is the uh, second volume of Deadpool. It's a mini series, and uh, who, who's doing this one, Zach? Uh, this one's by Mark Wade, uh, with art by, for the most part, Ian Churchill. Uh, though there are a couple of scenes with fill-ins uh, from Ken Lashley and, of course... Don't we get a, uh, a Lee Weeks flashback in the beginning yeah, of the second Yeah, and we get a little bit of Lee Weeks. We get Ken Lashley and Lee Weeks in this. Uh, this is a sequel to Deadpool the Circle Chase, which we've covered previously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Came out in 1994. Um, and it's about Deadpool... Uh, actually, it's less about Deadpool... Uh, and more about, it's more about the juggernaut trying to get a, trying to get a special medical operation for his husband, uh, Black Tom Cassidy. <laughs> well, remember that Black People, Tom at this time was infected with like a tree. This is where this happens. This is where that happens. This is where he gets the tree, tree infection. Do we know? Wait, but had he had it before this? Like we just knew he had been in prison so. and then he, he doesn't. He doesn't have the tree infection when he when he destroys the World Trade Center. No, no, and then he's off the map for a while. So, but what this allows? Oh us wow, to, this is like it's like two years, bud. Yeah, that's that's the time. Yeah, he's off the map. So uh, he's back. He's infected by a tree, and now Juggernaut wants to get Deadpool to fix. It's basically the same plot as Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Um, and what what's fun I think about this is that it's really just a, a chance for. Um, the whole clan to reunite here. We've got uh, Banshee who reveals he has some history with Deadpool and uh, we get Siren um, teaming up. And I guess Black Tom has like a legion of robot warriors. Well, they're guys with like lots of tech all over them. I don't know where they came from. I, I, I think they came from Juggernaut going to his local minions R us <laughs> and saying, folks, I have a bag of money. I ran into a bank on my way over here. They could not stop me for I am the juggernaut and I grabbed one bag of money. <laughs> Would you like this bag of money? So they're working they're working with Dr. Kilbrew, who is one of the guys that experimented on Deadpool in the Weapon X program uh, to get rid of his cancer, but by getting rid of his cancer, they didn't actually get rid of his cancer. They just gave him a superpower, um, a super healing that was so super powerful that it would kill any normal person except for Deadpool's cancer is so bad that his super healing uh, is constantly fighting the cancer and is thus weakened. Yeah, so we're getting that backstory. And there's also this bit about um, uh, Banshee back in his uh, spy days working with this guy, Pierre? 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 Okay, Pierre. I like that. Danny Pierre. Uh, Okay. And Deadpool messes up their raid on somebody who i guess is working for the shadow king somehow that's never really explained nothing comes up from that stinks it would been a fun thing to follow up on <laughs> listen listen somebody is going to be like hey what about that time deadpool and banshee fought the shadow king and <laughs> then jordan d white's going to be like folks i'm a real expert on deadpool jordan's a friend folks i'm a real expert on deadpool and i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> That's what Jordan would say. And then they would respond, boom, Mark Wade wrote it. Yep. Hey, we never even got a Magneto versus Shadow King for real. So we know that did happen. But 
Okay, Adam, hold on. We're we're advocating for more Shadow King stories. Do we really <laughs> want that in the world? Hey, if Vita's writing them, yes. Thank you. If listen. As as a wise man once said, I would listen to Vita Ayala read a phone book. Like I get it. Or write a phone book. Whatever. You get the you get the gist. <laughs> Love Vita. Cannot. Cannot imagine a Vita Ayala written Deadpool series featuring the Shadow King. Has Vita written Deadpool? Now I'm curious. I don't think so. That sounds unlikely. Keep going. I'm I'm now distracted yeah, that, by that, Fide Ayala wrote I Deadpool. Doubt, I doubt it very much. So anyway, the, I'm the, finding I'm finding out in the background. Keep going. These forces all clash. At some point, Black Tom gets Deadpool's hand and sticks it onto himself, which doesn't end well. It's it's not a good situation. Um Ian Churchill's art here just very off-putting to me. You know, we've we've talked. Oh, do you not like? Do you not like it? It's fine. It's fine. But what stinks is that you do have Lee Weeks jumping in. You do have Ken Lashley jumping in. And I would prefer very much if either of one of those people drew these four issues. Um, See, I don't think I don't think Lashley's is very tight here. No, it's, Lashley... it's very loose. It's clearly fill in. You know, it's not not probably up to what he's doing in other books but um i mean this is okay i don't think it's quite up to the the storytelling of circle chase um you know if maybe fabes was writing this it might have uh, a little bit of the same i don't want to say wit but um it's fine you know and and it it boils down to siren kind of coming to grips with the fact that Deadpool might not just be a terrible human being and like might actually be a person. So there's, they date for a little bit after this. It's a whole thing. Yeah. They kind of set that up, but, um, it's fine. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if it's like that great, but it does have, uh, our buddies, black Tom and juggernaut, um, hanging around. It has the, Banshee. It has siren. So if you like those the characters, ba- you the might black like Tom. The Black Tom Juggernaut stuff is easily the best work. Yeah, sure. I think that, and I do think the opening scene of Deadpool at a at a bar works really well for this. It's just the plot that falls from that is less good. Yeah, this probably doesn't need to be four issues long. You know, it gets drawn out, and even at the end, it's not super resolved. Um, but, uh, hey, Deadpool makes some friends, and... The pirate guy swears his revenge, so we've got future stories to tell, and it's fine. He will never appear again. He's very unmemorable. He looks like uh, like Marv from Sin City. He's, he's just this giant, wide a, guy in the most insane trench coat you've ever seen. It's like spawn just another levels. another dude. <laughs> is this better or worse than the Circle Chase at 288? Uh, it is worse, but it is not as bad, I think, as... Um, the other one we just talked about. So, yeah, uh, this is not as good as Old Man Logan at two ninety four. It's not as good as Here Comes Tomorrow or I'm Magneto. Yeah, never mind. We gotta scroll down on this. Yeah, this isn't as good. I well, mm, what do you th- is this as good as the Axis arc of Deadpool uh, of Duggan's Deadpool at three twenty one? No, I think that's doing something more interesting. Is this as good as God's Country at three thirty two? No. Is it good as that time that Sabretooth had a tiger? No! <laughs> I mean, Omega Red had... I'm sorry. Omega Red had a tiger. <laughs> Can you imagine Victor Lavelle's Sabretooth, but Sabretooth has a tiger? Yeah. That'd be great. Let's make it happen. It would be great. 
Uh, I'm working my way down. Um, I think we're on par with like 374, like Skinning of Souls, X-Men Volume 2, 17 to 19. I think we're probably better than Cable and Deadpool 7 to 10, The Burnt Offering. I would agree. Yep, absolutely. Um, um, we're probably not better than Into the Void from... That's a good ceiling. I like that. It's odd, because Into the Void's not a good story, but also I would absolutely reread it in a heartbeat. Abs- That's from Uncanny X-Men 284 to 286. It's one of the ones that everyone read. Yeah. What's Breaking Point again? That's the last Chuck Austin story? No, that is the one where... Break World comes back. Uh, it's oh, it's the right. first Kieran Gillen X Men. Uncanny X Men for Kieran Gillen. Okay, this is about as good as that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is better than that. Okay, then it's under it's the new 372. Perfect. All right, y'all. This is weird. Let's not talk about Deadpool soon. <laughs> it's just like we can let's take a one, dead we're gonna break. Run out, we're gonna run out of Deadpool stories that we really want to talk about. Like, listen, I got through the good, bad, and the ugly. That's about that. That's my list. That was like, what Deadpool am I really? I want. I want to read good, the bad, and the ugly again. I keep, I keep daring myself. Maybe I should read all of all of the Joe Kelly Deadpool and then go through all of the Daniel Wade Deadpool. Maybe I should do that to myself because I like to hurt myself. Um, and I've. I've chosen not to. Luckily, Marvel Unlimited is a broken bad app. Uh, so, Marvel, if you want to pay us to shill Unlimited, we will do that and strike all records here to forward about you being a bad app. I know I've been with your tech support. Version 7.21 is supposed to really fix my issues of being able to read a single comic. Yeah, definitely some loading issues there, but... You know, they've been kind of common throughout just, the uh, the history of the app. So I was I was on I was on a good streak. I was on a good streak of no issues, been able to read what I need to read. And then boom, seven point two zero. I now keep up with Marvel Unlimited uh, releases so that I can know when I need to call tech support again and say, you, you broke it again, guys. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, pay us and we'll say nice things about you. Yes. We have no That'd shame. be great. Um, so, uh, and I would, you know who else paid us? ZBL. Thank you, ZBL. They paid us on patreon.com slash comicsxf. You heard an extended pitch at the top of this episode, uh, but we couldn't do this without the support of Patreons like you. Patrons? Pet- Patron? Patrons. Patrons? You got it. Patrons. Listen, if, if we learn one thing from this podcast, we know that um, pronunciation is not my strong suit. <laughs> That's been on my report card yeah. since I was in kindergarten. Mine either. Did you know once, you know once I was sitting at a table and I think it was 10th grade and somebody mentioned to me, yeah, Zach, so what was it like growing up with a speech impediment? And I was unaware that I had grown up with a speech impediment. Is that official? I mean that's a that's a real story that happened. I did not go to the doctor afterwards because my speech sounded fine. I then asked my mom. She's like, "Yeah, Zach, we went to therapy. Do you not remember any of that?" Oh wow, you don't remember going to speech therapy? It was like in school. It was like they they had me go to a special person. You can say say goodnight to Myla. No, that's the whole that's the whole story. <laughs> my mom, my mom confirmed it, and I felt really weird about it because they were like, "I was like, oh wow, hmm, 
That colors a lot of things about me. It turns out I can speak. You be the judge on how well I can speak now, actually, listener. You sound, you, sound you've great. listened to two, you've listened to two hundred and fifty plus episodes of me <laughs> on a podcast. You tell me if I accidentally have a secret speech impediment because I'm not editing these anymore. I'm just living it live. I have no idea what I say after <laughs> I say it. Uh, Adam, please take me out of this spiral. What's going oh, on? Uh, folks you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. I think I mentioned a couple episodes, but the um, best what is it? My best X Men story. Our best X Men. Our stories. best X Men stories. It has launched uh, as of us recording. Karen Charms first uh, essay went up on Comics XF. I've got one on the way. A um, couple of really. I tentatively great... have one on the way. I have I started it. Anna, are you listening? <laughs> okay, she's gone. No, I've absolutely not started it. Uh, Adam, I think I might even change my thesis. I don't know what to do. I'm so busy all the time. I wrote it a couple weeks back and I still have to finish editing the ending because Anna is a really great editor. Anyway, the point is go check those out. They're really cool. Um, And next week we are getting back into X-Men, X-Men, X-Men with uh, what are we doing next week, Zach? Oh, we're going to do our annual annual episode. Yes. All annuals. Folks, if you're someone who's excited by us saying, we're doing X-Men annuals next week, then I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you, you are one to of us. dumb podcast. <laughs> this, is, this is a weird one, folks, but I, I, I love doing it, uh, and thank you for being here. Until next time, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!